Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to episode 81 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're coming live from BC Place after Vancouver Whitecaps' fantastic 2-0 victory over FC Dallas. Only the second time the Whitecaps have beaten FC Dallas ever in Major League Soccer. So the big question I think today, Steve, was what is the most deadly threat to Dallas? Sebastian Fernandez? Mauro Rosales or Ebola? I'd say Ebola. I don't know. I think for me it's still Mauro Rosales. I didn't want to go in the dressing room. True. I personally, you you forced me to go in there and I had no I had no desire at all to go in that dressing room. Luckily, I, I just talked to Oscar Pereira. He came out of the dressing room. I didn't have to shake anybody's hand. I would have fisted them anyways. Fisted them. I don't think that's a proper I don't. Problem. I don't think that's what no, you I don't think I'm not sure that's what you would have done. I would have given him a fist instead of a... Oh, it's pretty good. Cut that but, all out. But no one spat in your mouth. No one spat in my mouth. You, Luckily, you should be fine. Should be fine. Nobody sneezed. Nobody coughed. I started cough. I started coughing when I they actually took the pitch. So I don't know what that's anything to do with it. Well, if, if we're not back for another episode, then we know that Steve's been quarantined. Yes. So let's turn our attention to today's game. And I went into this game. I said to you beforehand, I was confident. I really thought they were going to get the win, which shocked me. I know, I'm, I, I, I'm in a really positive mood about this team just now. Even though the goals haven't been coming, just watching them at training, the spirit is there. And sometimes that, it's not enough on its own, but sometimes that is a big part of, of driving a team on. And the other thing which I, I wrote about on AFTN on Friday is momentum. And I, I had a discussion with Mark Weber about this during the week. Does momentum exist in, in soccer? It does, I feel, in something like the Ryder Cup. Yeah. I mean, you watch the, the putts go in hole after hole, it gets the team ticking along. And you can debate whether it exists in soccer or not. But I do feel that if the Whitecaps can get into the playoffs, they're going to have done it by winning a good few games, being on some of their best form. And that can only bode them well in the playoffs. And we saw it today. They were buoyed by how they had done against Salt Lake last week. And from pretty much the first kickoff, well, maybe after. Blas Perez missed that header in the fourth minute. Yeah. But after that, the Whitecaps took over. Totally dominant performance. Yeah, the, the, well, both teams had a chance in the first 10 minutes. Even Fernandez had that early chance when he shot it over the net. But yeah, I, I agree with you there. That it, At first, it looked like Perez would be down with an injury because in the first like 30 seconds, he hit the mat really hard. 
Oh. And I, I can vouch from hitting them at in the media game on Friday, that hurts like hell. Yeah, it does. Can I nurse in a, a, a cracked rib here? Won't be the last time you hear about that. <laughs> but going back to the game, the actual game that counted, FC Dallas looked like they were pushing forward, but then they were all of a sudden Vancouver did push back a little bit and they, they started taking over. And it was a lot of a lot of it came from the wide areas. This, uh, it seemed like they were pushing wide. Rosales, Fernandez, uh, and, and and even Benishore came in there. Harvey, they they were really controlling the wide areas, and that's where the two goals came from. Um, essentially, the first one, Rosales, uh, nice cross from the wide right area, and found Fernandez sneaking into the box, which doesn't happen that often for the Whitecaps. How often have we talked about that when the cross comes in, there's nobody in the thing, and yes. Fernandez, luckily he was going up against another fullback who was short, so he was able to outleap him and get to the, his head on the ball. Well, Fernandez said after the game that he felt he was lucky with that first goal. He just saw the ball come across, he jumped it hit off his head and went in. But that's all you need sometimes. Exactly. You, but you need those people in the box in order to make those, uh, those kind of lucky goals go in. Now, for me, the, the man of the match was my man crush, Mauro Rosales. I just thought he was outstanding today. Just watching those locks, just flowing up the wing, getting his balls across. Oh, just wonderful. Yeah, he was He was probably... I know they gave it to Fernandez because of the two goals, but I think Rosales could have easily taken it as well. Uh, he, he set up both goals and also it, it set up uh, other players too for that could have been another couple goals that got in there. Well, like joking aside about my, my little man crush for, for Mauro, he really was fantastic today he made the midfield tick and I think he was touch and go again for this one he was touch and go last week Carol had told us Um, this week he didn't train on Tuesday he was just kind of doing fitness work on his own and then he had Monday and Wednesday off as well and I think at that point Carol was possibly considering going with Manny um, and maybe having Manny on one side and then having Seba play on the other side but thankfully he made it, and he was just... He, he ran that midfield. He created the chance that Seba blasted over in the ninth minute. He had the perfect cross that he delivered for the first goal. And then four minutes later, he picked up the loose ball that Pedro Morales had won, bore down on goal, played in Seba. Seba finishes cool in the bottom corner. Yeah, and, and this is what I like uh, What I like about Rosales does. He not just... You know how you have a pitch and you're thinking north and south is the goal to goal, right? He goes a lot of east to west as well where he cuts across the defenders and creates space. And that's what he did on that that, that goal to Fernandez. He cut across, he found Fernandez streaking down the left side and he was able to pick him off. And, and Seba took, I think he took one touch and then he fired it past the keeper. Who I think the keeper should, that was the, the keeper's fault on that second goal. He should have had that one. Uh, but luckily for us, it was uh, Fernandez's uh, second Second goal of the game and first brace in MLS. Yeah, and you talk about luck. Let's look at a couple of the lucky moments that the Whitecaps had today. Well, there was that miss by Perez in the fourth minute, like we said. But then the the biggest lucky moment the Whitecaps had came 33. in the 30, 33rd yeah. minute. All the threes. Threes, obviously, the Whitecaps' lucky number. Perez puts the ball in the net. Offside given. It was never offside. No, no, no. And the, the, the funniest thing is, is there was very little argument seemed to come from FC Dallas at all. Well, Perez argued, I don't think they realized he, he argues how, anyway. No, but, he, but he, even, he didn't even put up much of an argument. But if you look at the replay, he's a step or two onside, clearly. And, 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 and I, I think the Whitecaps got very lucky. But then 
you look at that play and the offside's given, how much does that affect Ousted and how he attacks the ball as well? And he, maybe he, he let off a little bit too. So it's hard to tell whether the offside or onside call was going to affect the goal or not. Then two minutes after that, the White Caps had another chance to, to make it three when, again, great play by Rosales and Hurtado. And we'll, we'll talk about Hurtado in a little bit. But just fantastic play. Set up Morales in the box. Horribly weak shot. You kind of expect Pedro to bury something like yeah, that. I think he was just caught off on the wrong foot or something like that. It, it happens. No big deal. We'll move on from that. But then the Whitecaps got in comfortably at the half. Two yeah. goals up. Second half. Never really worried at all. There was all. no danger at all. No, no, no nothing danger. to write about even in the no, second half. Yeah, no danger. They, I think they came into the box a couple of times. Threw some crosses in. Ousted was fantastic again. Um, had a great game controlling the box and really didn't play. There was that one play where uh, uh, one of the FC Dallas players, I, I don't remember which one, uh, made a run at the net, but Osted made a perfect you know, oh, he charge out, at the, he at the ball and he came out quick. I thought he, he'd done his knee. Yeah. I was a bit worried there. But. I think that was just a time-wasting. Just to, you, yeah. you, have an, you have an advantage where it looks like he got hit and you might as well take it, right? But, but they closed the game off. We'll, we'll hear from Carroll just very shortly. He felt in the first half that the Whitecaps defending wasn't up to scratch and uh, it kind of had let them down a little bit and that they were too gung-ho, that they were just concentrating on going after goal after goal and not concentrating tight in the back. But he said he spoke to them in the second half and he said the kamikaze football went, they tightened up and that's what he was most pleased with, the fact that the game was won in the first half, controlled and managed perfectly in the second so let's hear a little bit now from Carl Robinson, and he's going to talk about the, the game, um, how well he thought the, the players did, a little bit about um, Sebastian Fernandez, Mauro Rosales, whether Dallas's game plan was kind of suited Vancouver to the ground because it, uh, it allowed them to kind of counter-attack and not play against a team that's just sitting back, and a little bit about yellow card management. So here is Carl Robinson. So you said during the week you wanted to get off on the front foot, you assembled that today. How did you see that first half performance? I thought attacking-wise, I thought counter-attacking-wise, I thought we were excellent. I thought we, the two or three opportunities that we did had, we were very clinical in our play and obviously it led to two good goals, very good goals. I thought the defensive aspect wasn't good enough. And I said to the guys at half-time that we were too open, we were a bit kamikaze football maybe it was for me watching the media match on um, being involved in that on Friday because <laughs> we were gung-ho and you know we were tuning a lap so I had to address a few things and I did and credit to the, the back four especially in the second half they they defended properly um, and you know showed a lot of character out there so I'm delighted because the game was won in the first half but but for me the game was managed fantastically well in the second half. Fernandez doesn't need penalties right now. No, he doesn't. He, um, that's what happens if he gets in the boxer. He scores. But t- terrific performance by the kid. It really was. He, um, he was a threat all game. His little movement patterns and his little um, positional sense and in getting into areas and causing problems for them was evident throughout the game. And I thought he was, you know, I know you, you all say it's probably his best game because he scored two goals, but he's been playing like that very regular for me without the goals. Today, obviously, the goals were a bonus. Yeah, yeah, but that'll give. Listen, but that'll give that'll give someone else an opportunity, and I've got, as I say all the time, I've got faith in this squad. Um, so someone else will get the chance now. You haven't scored since July fifth. Don't you talk about that? But what what's has kept him in the lineup? And what's kept that faith? Just his just his movement. If you if you see, you know, and I allow you guys to come and watch us train near enough every day, and uh, you know, I don't ban you from there because that's 
that's not the way I am. And if you if you watch him and you see him, his work ethic's fantastic. He's technically a very very talented footballer, um, and he's got ability. And when he gets in the final third, he makes things happen. You know, he, last week, uh, you know, in the first few minutes, I think he, he managed to. Um, evade Carl Beckerman with a little shimmy and things. he does that all the time and we see it on a daily basis and you know now it's about transferring that onto the pitch and like I said over the last three or four weeks even though he hasn't scored even since June or July like you said that you know his, his work ethic and his valuableness to the team has been fantastic. As good as his finish was Rosales set him up perfectly twice didn't he? Morrow played I, one of his better games? I thought it was his best game since he's been here and he you know, I think sometimes, you know, we're very lucky to have him. Let me, let me start by saying that. And, you know, it was one of them that, you know, I wanted to get him off a little bit earlier, but he was enjoying the game so much. He said five minutes and then I let five minutes go and he said another five minutes and then he said another. And I was like, right, you're coming off now. But he was excellent. His, his technical ability is, is second to none. And he's had a massive influence in the game today. There was obviously some, some feeling in this game too. It's... Uh... Maybe it's setting a tone. I mean, it looks like you two clubs could meet in the playoffs. Um, things got a little tense after the game, too. How did you see things there? No, I think it's it's two coaches, it's two teams, and it's um, very passionate. I want to win. I said, you know, we went there three, four weeks ago, and you know, we had to, we took it on the chin. Uh, we lost two one in a game where we probably could have got something today. You know, it was our day, but they're a very good team. You know, credit to Oscar, he's done a fantastic job there. And this feeling in games, every game there is a there's a little bit of tenseness and things like that. And it's important it doesn't boil over. And for my group today, it didn't boil over. Was that a tough game Friday in Seattle? And how much of an emphasis you put on this game? Yeah. Two games ago, I said we've got five cup finals. And I keep saying that to them every time. It's, it's one game at a time. and. You know, the, the talking's got to stop a little bit now because we're running out of games and we, the boys have took that on board and, and they've responded perfectly, you know, but it's two wins. You know, we know we've got a massive game against Seattle next Friday. Um, it's games you want to play. And I said, if the, those group in there want to play in big games, you don't get any bigger. And Seattle away in a game that obviously the Cascadia Cup is on the line. We need to win. Um, so we'll go there full of confidence um, and try and put a stamp on the game. But make no doubt about it, it's going to be a, a very, very hard game for us. Yeah, they went a little bit more direct in the second half, and said as, I, as I've said a few times before, I, I tend to put smaller people on, which maybe is not a good idea, you know, with their direct play. But they were a handful, you know. Everyone knows about me, no more so than how good they are at counter-attacking. Obviously, Castillo was a big miss from today because. He's very, very dangerous. Um, so they went more direct, but we managed, after a few alterations at halftime, we managed to address that and, and we dealt with it. Kendall, Andy, Jordan and Better were fantastic and Rusty and Matty Laba, who you know, both were excellent again, were winning the second ball. So we're gonna have to do that. You know, we're gonna have to do that on Friday night in Seattle. So um, that was pleasing for him. You struggled at times this season when teams have come here and just kind of sat behind the ball. Did it really play in your hands that Dallas were kind of dung hole from the start tonight? I don't think Dallas. I said to the group before the game, they've got nothing to lose. You know, more or less they're in the playoffs anyway, and um, you know there's a probably a weight off their shoulders. They can come and enjoy themselves. We're not in that boat, unfortunately. We're we're chasing. Uh, we need to try and get in that final playoff spot if we can. And you know, there's a different type of pressure. And at half time, it was more evident that I said to the boys that. What have they got to lose? You know, they're 2-0 down. They can go and be gung-ho, which is what they were. They went to four up front and things like that. But we've got a lot to lose. That's why the discipline was important uh, at half-time that 
the information they took on board, they, they, they carried out in the second half. And so I've got nothing but credit to all that group in there today because you know, that's fully justified what you know I've asked them to do and they performed. So they deserve all the credit today. I didn't see it, Mark. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I didn't see him. Um, so I went to shake the, the two assistants' hands and then I went to the referee and I had a laugh with the, the referee, who I thought was excellent, by the way. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to criticise referees as coaches and, um, you know, some people do it tongue-in-cheek and other people just do it verbally and you get fined. Um, but they deserve credit when they do well. And, you know, I've got no doubt about it that he's arguably, if not the best one in the league. Um, so... I said at the start of the season we want to try and get, be in contention come the last game of the season. It's put us in a you know good victory tonight. We'll sleep well. The guys in there, I think, after 94 minutes of hard work. But I said we still got a, still got a mountain to climb. We're still trying to climb that mountain, and we'll still meet that challenge head on starting in Seattle next week. What about Matty's uh, block like, in the first half? How big was that? It was huge. It was. He, Matty, Matty Labra, as you all know, is you know he's, he's he's been fantastic for us since he's come here. You know we, we've we've acquired him, which was brilliant. You know a great bit of business by the club. You know and it's credit to them for a lot of hard work they managed to managed to get him, and a lot of his work maybe goes unnoticed by people. It doesn't go unnoticed by me. And I think today, in both boxes, the games are won and lost in both boxes. And today it was a perfect example of how important he is to our team. And you know we, we you talk about Pedro and Mauro and Sebastian and Kakuta down Eric and. But Matty Labber is, is vital to our team moving forward. Given that you're missing Selma for Seattle, does that potentially change your mind about Darren going to No, but like I said, it's uh, players, I'll never stop players playing for their international country. Um, it's a privilege, you know, that if they play well at club, club level, then they get the opportunity at the national level. And, you know, I'll have a conversation with Darren, um, you know, and we'll see where we are with that. But if not, I've got two, three other young guys that are able to come in, and, you know, I'll have no fear. Throwing them in. With four players, like a yellow card away from suspension, did it did it cross your mind to use your subs that way to, to save them a yellow? It did, yeah. And there was a few little um, close moments with a, a ball getting kicked away and a, a little trip here and there, which were making me cringe a little bit. But at the end of the day, if they're on four yellow cards, it's important they manage the game correctly. Um, and if you try and avoid a yellow card, trust me, you'll get booked. You know, it's one of them, and you'll get booked for a nothing challenge. So. I said to the guys who are on yellow cards, just go out and play. You know, don't think about it. Go out and play, because as soon as you think about trying to avoid getting a yellow, you'll get a yellow card. So the only real blot on the Whitecaps copybook today was that stupid late yellow by Sebastian Fernandez, and it's a yellow card that rules him out of the Seattle game on Friday. All Kyle Robinson wanted was a striker to catch fire, hit some form. He gets it today with the two goal Fernandez, and then now he's going to be missing, as is Darren Mattox, because he's going to be going to play for Jamaica, yeah. barring another maybe ankle knock or something mysteriously happening. No, I think this one, he, I don't think he's going to, because Carl Robinson said too that he's not going to stop anybody from going yeah. internationally. Um, maybe they go with Kakuta. Obviously, they're gonna have to go they're with Kakuta. They're gonna have to now. Um, and maybe Kakuta can catch some because he he came on the last two games. He's come on. He has played well. Um, uh, maybe a little bit more with his head up, but he was dancing around in the corner today, which upset one of the um, uh, Michael from uh, FC Dallas. Yep, good old Michael. Um, and then 
Maybe he can get something back from last year when he uh, was up in Seattle and scored the hat trick. Well, that's the thing. It's like the story's almost writing itself now. Yeah. Kikuta's going to come in for the start against Seattle, the place where he got his hat trick. Yeah. Pretty much similar time of the season in terms of what games are remaining. Can he do this? And then all of a sudden, Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal and everybody's going after him too if he scores that hat trick. But if, if you look at the yellow card situation, going into t- the game today, there was four players that were on yellow cards. Yeah. There was Harvey, there was Tybert, there was Fernandes, there was Morales. And my heart was in my mouth a couple of times the, in that sitting half with Pedro. The thing is, the one player you didn't expect to get it, because, you know, you got Tybert, they're playing holding, you got Morales in the central midfield. The one guy you didn't think was going to get that yellow was Fernandez. I actually thought he was going to get it for diving at some point. Oh, because he, he's been on this fourth yeah. card for so long. Actually, I don't think he dived today at all. No, he didn't. Yeah, he was on his feet, which is, uh, he got the goals, he didn't have to go down. I don't know if, if people saw the the chat that Gary Kingston had with Seba and also with Robbo about Seba during the week. But if you haven't, read it on the Vancouver Sun. It's an excellent chat. There's a quote in it, and it's like one of my favourite quotes of the season. Seb is saying something along the lines of, even if I got shot, I don't think I'd get the call. The problem, he looks like he gets shot every yeah. time he goes down. And you're not playing call. in Uruguay. It's like, no. I don't think folk carry guns as much here. No. But Pedro was very close, and to me, Pedro should have got a yellow card. Oh, that's time-wasting. That, yeah, yeah, stopping yeah. the free kick getting taken. Yeah. That was close. What was Even, going through his head? And w- w- both of us were holding our breath when he got substituted off and he was going walking so slowly to the sideline and the referee kept looking at him. He's looking at his watch. I'm like, he's going to book him. He's yeah. going to book him. And then he, we, we both breathed a sigh of relief when he got to the sideline. It was so- like If both Seba and Pedro had got suspended because of two stupid things like that, yeah. it's just... It's like, what, what do you do with that? As a manager... It's just nothing you can do. So the hope is that Kofi is ready because there's a good chance that Tybert being holding, uh, being the holding midfielder with Lava, Tybert could possibly get it, even Morales maybe. Um, so if Kofi can get ready for the San Jose game, then there's a chance that, uh, you know, we, the, the Whitecaps won't be that far off. But that, that's the important thing right now because Kofi's walking around without the, uh, the boot right now as well. Yeah, he got it off last Friday, the Friday before the Real Salt Lake game. And... Kofi was hoping he was going to be able to make the bench today. Rob was like, yeah, maybe don't be don't be so quick with that. Another two, three weeks still. So, so definitely hope that he's going to be back before the end of the season. So another player who uh, he didn't score uh, yet, his goal streak is still going on, but Hurtado thought he had a pretty solid game up front. He, he, I was impressed by his, he, his he, work rate and his touch today. Yeah, he, he was able to connect a little bit. A couple times he, they didn't connect him and was. Uh, him and Rosales didn't connect, but there were there were times where it looked promising, and he even set up a he set up Morales that one time too. And he also got the assist in the first goal when he played the ball out to Rosales to, to cross it in for Seba. He did well today. He worked hard, put in a hell of a shift. And I think I mean Carl said about Morales at the start of the season that Morales makes those players around him better. I think Rosales has done that's, that for, for Hurtado yes, as well, for sure. And he has worked hard with Hurtado. He's worked hard with Manny. Manny does seem really focused just now, so I was impressed by that. Any other players particularly stood out for you today? I thought the back line played really well. Um, I'm going to give a credit to both O'Brien and Waston. Um, they really got on the nerves of Blas Perez and really frustrated him. They, they, any chance they got, they kind of bumped into him. Um, knocked what, him off Austin's his stride. great at that and Andy yeah. is a veteran there's a little tugs of the arm yeah. here and there and, and there was Tiber too sometimes he was coming back and like being like a little pest and, and, and really annoying Perez so Perez was completely he can be annoying game. 
Yeah, Perez was completely off his game throughout the whole. It really did, especially like we said in the second half, never even had a sniff at goal at all, and, and really had no chances. So um, I thought those two guys, uh, the fullbacks played kind of what they were supposed to play. They really didn't attack in this game, especially with the two early goals. Uh, they kind of sat back a little bit. You were frustrated a little bit where there was nobody people making a. Uh, Nobody made a run to it on the right yeah, side a couple that's times. Two gate, two home games in a row now. Rosales, because obviously all I do all game is just watch Rosales. Yeah. So Rosales was looking up to play a ball outright, and there's no run coming. There's no run from Betasure. There's no run from any of the midfielders up the right. But the Rosales really is the guy that's supposed to be on the right. You know that. Right? Yeah, but he, <laughs> he, he, to me, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, he can like have a free roll. He can come to my house for dinner. Yeah. Anything that Rosales wants. The, the key to the city is his. Okay. So we've talked about the players. Let's hear a little bit from them now. So we're going to hear some post-game audio from David Ousted, Sebastian Fernandez, Kendall Waston. And of course, Mauro Rosales. David, your thoughts on on the performance, especially in the first half, and then you guys defended in the second? Um, fantastic. Uh, I. Uh <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh>. Hi. Um. <laughs> I thought we did really well first half. We got our goals. Uh, Seba played fantastic and scored two great goals. And um, second half was was great defending. So uh, overall, a, a good um, a good performance. What's tomorrow meant to this team since he's come here to Hucks instead of both, both today for you guys? You know, he's come in uh, with a lot of experience. Mauro know this league, and uh, and you can see on his uh, just his level um, that uh, he's um, he, he's a good player, and uh, he shows every day in practice and every match that uh, he 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 means a lot to this team. And then just with all the other guys, uh, especially senior guys, bringing some experience. David, first time you guys won back-to-back games since maybe five months. Uh, how good does that feel, just to, to put together back-to-back wins for the first time? It feels fantastic. Um, good time to, to get into a streak, isn't it? Um, so hopefully uh, we'll continue to play this way. I, I love the intensity. I love the way that we're going into to every tackle and, and, uh, and with a belief uh, within the squad that we can win every game. Talk about intensity. Uh, you know, there's a good chance of these two teams meeting in the first round of the playoffs. Um, how much do you think that played into the fact that the game got a bit chippy at times? And... It did, yeah. I think, uh, like you say, if, if, if these two teams meet, I think it's going to be a, um, a brawl. Just to, to say it lightly, uh, you, you just see that, that people get into every tackle and they, they did as well. And uh, they're a team that works really, really hard and, and wants to compete every time. So um, if we get to there, uh, I think it's going to be a great match. But uh, we've still got a lot of work to do. David, you were right in the thick of things at the end of the game there. Uh, what, what all went down? Um, a lot of things. Um, they, they put a lot of pressure on, especially... Um, Especially with crosses, uh, we tried to, to deal with it as best as possible. Uh, we even had uh, Kikuda uh, down, heading the ball away. So great effort from the guys, just uh, uh, getting behind the ball and, and defending really well. Well, these teams have any coaches left available? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I was> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, well, well, we'll have to see. It's uh, it's always fun to see uh, Martin get get up there. He he cares a lot, and uh, and the players back him up. So uh, if he gets to there, I think we can scram uh, scram up a coach or two in the back. Of course, Sada finally gets uh, gets going, and now you miss him for the Seattle game. Uh, yeah, a little too bad. I thought uh, I thought it was a harsh uh, yellow card, um, but uh, we're um, we're we're happy that he got going, and we can use that uh, going forward. Uh, and uh, now the people have to step up in his place. Playing with the lead, and that's about as team control as you guys have looked in a long, long time. Yeah, definitely. I thought I thought I felt in control. Uh, they put a pressure on, and and again with with, with players like Perez and Akinele in there, it's it's always. Uh, They'll put pressure on, but I thought we dealt with it really well, and uh, both crosses and chances were, were limited. How about Maddie's block late in the first half? David? How big was that? Really? Absolutely fantastic. Maddie did uh, world class to get there. Uh, they broke us down a little bit, um, got to a good chance, and Maddie came uh, came out of nowhere. I was uh, expecting that I had to, to pull out a save there, but uh, Maddie just did excellent. You would have had it. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Don't ever ask me. <laughs> So Seba, how did you find your performance today? Two goals, one of your best games as a white cap? Yeah, I think it was a, a very good game for us. Um, I think the important is not the, the score. Uh, the important here is is uh, win. Uh, keep going, uh, working in the week and show everybody we, we can uh, get in the playoff. About your first goal uh, since July, did you think it was going to come with your head? <laughs> <laughs> I think I I was lucky. Just uh, I saw the the ball in the air and try uh, did a, a header and well, score. <laughs> has, it been, has it been difficult to keep your confidence over that? It was 14 games of the goal. You remain confident. Yeah, the the my teammate uh, every time say me. Uh, they're always supporting him uh, and this is important for me and, and for everybody this is a great, uh, this is a great group uh, a great team and I think uh, we must must uh, keep going uh, uh, do it uh, much like, like this no? like today what about uh, the guy who passed you Mauro Mauro is a, a great player I think uh, uh, he has helped and support us uh, in and outside the, the field and the pitch. What about the, um, the yellow card? They, now you yeah. can't play against Seattle. Yeah, no, it was uh, my mistake, but I think I've had four yellow cards, and well, it's good to clean the yellow cards. I have four yellow cards, but I still uh, have other games left to clean those off and continue going. Kendall, that's a hell of a battle out there with Blas Perez. Yes, it was hard, and today we we have to win. We had to win, and thank God we, we won. And we know it was a tough game because they, they won us in Dallas, so today we have to, to look for our three points because we want to continue in the playoff spot. So I think that the team worked very hard begin, um, from the beginning of the game and, and that's why we won.
did it feel like a playoff game out there? It certainly seemed like it. Yes, it seemed because um, they they was battling to to score and we could defend very well today from from the forwards. So I think that that was the key to to one today. Kendall, it, it, it seems like you two teams could meet in that first round of playoff. How much was some of the, the chippy play and stuff maybe the knowledge that you might be going up against this team again? Yes, now we are thinking first of all in, in staying at a player spot. Hopefully we could win the next game in, in Seattle. It's going to be hard, but none of these games are, are easy. So now, first of all, we have to think to stay in the playoff and, and see who we're going to play against. And now we know each other. So um, the, the key of everything is when we got in the box, try to score, and today we could score two excellent goals. How good the display defensively that you, you felt you put in and the team put in, especially in the second half when they were pressing at least four players high up on the on the back on the back line. Yes, I think the the best thing was the communication that that all of us have, the the commitment of each one since the that I said the forwards because in certain times of the game you see the forwards guard was um, in our box like a good uh, jumping and, and battling with, with bigger guys than him and that, that was the the, the thing that the coach told us in the halftime that everybody got to run. Carl said he thought that was probably your best game since you've joined the club. Did, did, did you feel it? I feel it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. And uh, But it's part of the work that we are doing with the guys. We always talk about uh, having minutes, having time with them, training, and every day just knowing each other is, is much easier. And as soon as I get more minutes with them, more days with them, I will be much, much better. This is what I want, just always try to help the team be in the position to to rise uh, the team in, in any any levels, help them, and uh, this is what I do. He said, uh, he kept asking if you wanted to come off, and you kept saying five more minutes, five more <laughs> minutes, is that? <laughs> yeah, I was feeling very good, and uh, obviously uh, trying to help the team, probably, probably I was a little selfish just trying to, to stay in the team. But knowing that we have a lot of good players also in, in the bench, but uh, I felt very well just playing with them and uh, enjoying. I think I'm going to have uh, my best in the games and my best doing a job for the team, just getting minutes. And this why was the reason, no, not trying to, see, to be selfish and not let the otherwise play. But... Uh, uh, it's part of my work, part of, of keep getting better, and I hope I can just build in better, better uh, performance like I, I did today. You, uh, how good does it feel to kind of get Sebastian a couple of goals? He'd gone 14 games without a goal. You set him up twice. How, how good was that to it see is, him it, convert? From yeah, it is important for us, the, the strikers and the, the guys that playing up, up front to get goals, to get confidence. This is what we need for the last push. Uh, seeing Eric today running a lot, uh, working very hard for the team to create the space, just holding the ball, let us a little bit of uh, uh, breathe to, to manage the game and everything was outstanding today. And uh, sometimes you don't have to do what is you like the best, you know, and sometimes you have to do what is the best for the team. And he shows today, uh, a character and a professionalism 
and uh, we are happy for that and also happy for getting the three points again a very tough team. Do you think your relationship with Hurtado up front and talking to him in terms of getting him to get in those spaces to free you up has been really good, particularly in the last couple yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are getting better at each other. Sometimes we we not combine as, as much as we want, but sometimes the the games demand another team, not just playing in uh, between the lines uh, for in the middle of the field. Just playing wide sometimes is much better than playing where all is crowded by, by players by the other team. But he did very well today, just holding the ball, even against three guys today, just running forwards, running, making space. and. This was the work that we needed today, and it did very well. Yeah, quick question. Your next yeah. game, you're going up against uh, Seattle. Yeah. Um, your old stomping grounds. Uh, how's your feel? Have you played against Chivas? I, I played with Chivas but one time a, over there, but not but, in, in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a very nice game for me, just coming back in front of the, the fans that they, uh, give a lot of... Uh, Satisfaction when I was there, and uh, but now defending Vancouver, uh, we are in the position that we we need everything from each other, and now we we are going there to to battle to get the points. We are facing the the leader of the the our conference, and uh, everybody have to be concentrating and and uh, facing the games like we did today. Just trying to get the points, and it's, this is more important than me just going there. Do you expect a warm welcome from the ECS? Uh, I hope so. Yeah. I think I did a, a very good three season over there, and uh, they always uh, support me, even playing here, playing in Chivas, playing anywhere. They always support me, and uh, this is some, something that I will preserve forever, and uh, it's something really nice that. To have supporters from both teams uh, that are just helping you out. Now, one thing that is becoming very apparent. If the Whitecaps make the playoffs, sorry, when the Whitecaps make the playoffs, they are going to be facing a team that there's no love lost between them. Whether it's Real Salt Lake, whether it's FC Dallas, both teams in the Whitecaps, there's been clashes with them all, all season and in the past as well. And we saw it today at the end of the game. There was uh, two little flare-ups. The, the one which everyone's going to be talking about, which is Oscar Perea and Martin Pert, but before we come to that, there's also a, a bust-up which we alluded to earlier between Michelle and Kikuta Mani, where Michelle wasn't very pleased after the game that Kikuta had done a little bit of dancing on the ball in the corner flag. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was near the end of the game. Obviously, the first play was Kikuta uh, knocking the ball off one of the FC, uh, one of the Dallas defenders into for a corner, uh, which he you know tried to pump up the crowd afterwards. And then the ball, it was a short corner. Kakuda got the ball and just doing some flares and whatever he does with his feet and everything. And and the Michelle guy was just standing there like two feet away going and putting his hands up going, what's going on here? Um, obviously, the obvious thing was like, go get the ball if you're so upset about this. Yeah. No, don't just stand there and waste time for your team. Um, it, when, when that happens, when it's for your team, I love to see it. When it's against your team, you want your guy just to go and take the guy's legs away. Exactly. So yeah. So and like, and then obviously, uh, I think we have uh, 
a picture afterwards that where uh, Michelle was uh, Tom took that one a residual, yeah, residual if, image. If you watch out for our story and pictures on AFTN on Sunday, um, our our photographer residual image Tom. Uh, he got some really good pictures of both the bust ups, and there's a you see Michelle just pointing, going towards uh, Kiku after the game with his finger out, just wagging it, and Kiku is like, "What? Up? What are you yeah, gonna do?" Shrugging his shoulders. Yeah. yeah. So it, it'd be interesting to see that. The second one, Pereira, um, basically, from what we heard, like I didn't see all of it. I just saw like as it was happening. Uh, the, but at the beginning, it seemed like he shook Robo's hand. And then he shoved... Well, I've heard two variations of that. Okay. I've heard that he didn't shake his hand okay. and he just blew right past him. And then he went but, after Perk. Yeah, but Robo never mentioned that. So yeah. that, that one we don't know. But from speaking to a couple of guys afterwards, what seems to have happened is Perea came on the pitch and shoved Martin Perk in the chest with both hands. And then the pair had to be separated. Players separated them and then Perea just walked off with Rosales with his arm around him trying to calm him down. And... You have to wonder, Pert speaks fluent Spanish. Pert was sent off a couple of weeks ago at the game down in Dallas. Did something carry on from that? What was said on the touchline? Now, after the game, Robo said he didn't see it, and he genuinely didn't, because when I looked up and all the Ferrari was starting, Robo had his back to it, and he was talking to the referee. Yeah. So that, that was genuine. Um, Martin Pert wasn't available for speaking afterwards, but you spoke to, to Oscar Perea, well, uh, oh, you were in the dressing room with us. Was in the dressing room. We we talked to him, and then uh, basically Tyler Green uh, asked him what was with the dust up at the end, and he could have asked it a little bit more forcefully. I think it was a kind of crappy question the way he worded it. Well, but he's the one that asked it, and basically the the answer was, and I think if any anybody answered it, I mean asked it in any other different way, honestly, I think Oscar would have said. Nothing happened. Okay. And that was his. That was his response. Nothing yeah, happened. Nothing happened. Nothing yeah. to see here. Just move on. Yeah. And like for me, I'm a big fan of Oscar Perea, and it's so out of character of him. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. I spoke to him when he was up here with Colorado last year. You spoke to him earlier with Dallas. We both said before the game he's one of our favorite coaches. He, he was completely calm in, yeah. after the game. Well. It took about 15 to 20 minutes for uh, once after the game was over to talk to him. But once he was very, you know, friendly and very happy to talk to us and everything like that. So he didn't he didn't hold a grudge or anything like that. No, so. We'll probably never get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But one thing that is for sure is this is a, a big battle brewing between Dallas and the Whitecaps. And it's great. And if it goes into the playoffs... And it's Dallas against the Whitecaps. This is going to be a cracking game. But before we, we get too ahead of ourselves, let's actually hear some audio now from Oscar Pereja from the Dallas locker room. So first of all, your overall thoughts on the match tonight? Uh, I thought we, we had a good 15 minutes just before they scored the goal. And when we gave, we gave away the, the, first, the first goal, it was difficult. We... we have the initiative to put high pressure today and, and go look for the game from the first minute. Uh, we had a few chances to score. Uh, we could not take advantage of it, and then Vancouver came up and, and, and put the game away with those two goals. After that, I thought it was a, a different game. You know, we, we tried to uh, keep the initiative, but we didn't have too many ideas today. And, and uh, Makuru um, was happy with uh, the goals that they scored early in the game, and they they, they hold it well. And I have to give them credit. Um, the goal uh, just before halftime that was waved off, uh, Perez's goal. It seemed onside. Was that like if that had counted, would that have made a different story for the second half? Uh, yeah, yeah, it would be for sure. It would be uh, disappointed with that situation, but 
I just assume that that's part of the game, and I don't want to stick with that frustration, and 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 I could change the story for sure. Do you think this could be a preview of a possible first round playoff matchup between these two teams? Uh, we need to clinch first, and and now we are thinking about LA. Uh, my mind doesn't let me go that far, and when I have such a big responsibility to to play the next game and, and try to take care of our business, which is uh, uh, get get ourselves into the playoffs. After that, we'll see. Is there a bit of a rivalry forming between, between these two teams? You guys played almost a month ago in Dallas, and now this match as well. Uh, rivalry is with all, with all the teams, really. You know, the, the intensity, uh, the energy, and, uh, and obviously the urgency that uh, the teams have now to get the points is... Uh, it's, it's important, and that's, that's, that makes uh, the games more interesting, for sure, and at this point of the season. But the rivalry is with everybody. It's not nothing special. Uh, just some chippiness at the end of the game there. What, uh, what happened there at the end? Oh, what do you mean? With, with you and sort of some of the other the coaching staff and players with Vancouver. Oh, no, no. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Nothing happened. So Oscar Perea there. One thing I, I just want to ask before we move on from the whole Dallas thing is the Whitecaps are now five points behind Dallas, three games left. Whitecaps, I think, I'm, I'm not expecting much from Seattle, and we're going to come to that in a sec. I do think they'll beat San Jose. I do think they'll get Colorado. There's six points there. Dallas, they've got LA coming up. They've got Portland in the last game of the season and a tricky one in the middle as well. Do you think it is possible that the Whitecaps could catch Dallas and host a playoff game? I'm going to say it's, I'm, I'm going to say everything's anything's possible, but if I put money on it, no, I would not put money on that. I think I think it's basically a fifth, fifth spot or nothing. I think the first two spots are Seattle or LA. Next two spots are RSL and um, Dallas, and it looks like we did RSL a favor by beating Dallas this week. And then the next two are, are Portland, Vancouver. I think they're just grouped into two right now, by two. So I think I think I think it's just making the playoffs at this point. I, th- I don't think fourth place is an option. No, I, I have to agree because the other Dallas game, it's away to Colorado. Yeah. Now you're away, so anything can happen. And Colorado has nothing just, to play for. And they're stinking the place up right now. They're they're not the same because t- they lost all their defenders uh, at that point, yeah. and then and that hurt them big time. Another factor to, to look at with all this. Now, San Jose, they've got such an important role to play in this playoff race. They've got Portland twice. As I said, we're recording this just as the Portland game's going on, so we don't know the score. Uh, they've got the Whitecaps to play, so they can have a huge impact. But also you have to look at teams are kind of wanting to finish as low as possible if they're not going to make the playoffs because they're going to get more allocation money, yeah. better draft pick, better draft pick to trade to get something back so there's not a big impetus for the likes of Colorado to, to go out there and play great and San Jose, Mark Watson might be playing for his job, I think he's gone at the end of the season, I, I, I really do all the Dominic Kinnear rumours are, are back uh, but you kind of think he's going to maybe want to help Vancouver a little bit Vancouver lad, play well against Portland rest his players against us and then you've also got the thing that Portland's got the CONCACAF thing happening too here yeah. and there so that that's going to be a big thing hey, lost. Could be, it could be a godsend that we didn't get into that we were talking about uh, we asked uh, t- tweeted out a, a question how confident people were uh, in making the playoffs we got a couple of responses obviously everybody's still drinking at the bar but uh, Dave Heinrich 
at Dave Heinrich uh, said, ask me after the Timbers game. And uh, Ian McHugh at Ian McHugh, uh, he goes, my thoughts exactly. Feeling much better than a month ago, though. And I think everybody feels that. A mo- uh, about, you know, even even before the RSL game, everybody was down, down in the dumps about, you know, them making the playoffs. And it seems like it's turned around quickly. I just didn't see it happening because the strikers weren't scoring. And... But the striker's still not scoring. Well, I know Fernandez is not officially a striker. He's more of a wide midfielder. But he came here as a striker. That was the thing. Robbo yeah. used him in midfield, but Robbo does consider him to be a striker. He just thought he could make a better impact yeah. from the midfield. And I, I personally would... I, I hope to make the playoffs without getting goals from strikers because I don't want them to be going into next year with a full sense of, you know, we... Oh, look... Because... The worst thing, some you know, before the summer break, the worst thing that happened was Hurtado going on that yeah. five-goal scoring streak, and then they thought maybe they can go on with this guy, and then it didn't happen, right? Was well, it, I, I mean, I, I was talking to Robo about that, and he he does plan on bringing in one, maybe two strikers in, in the close season. No matter how these guys do, he does plan on bringing a guy in. One's going to be a, a big target guy. So, for me, Matix will go. No matter yeah. what he does, and if he scores some goals down the stretch in the playoffs, then Better. that's great because yeah. we're going to get a lot more for him. But he's going to go. Do you think he'd go within MLS or do you think he'd even go overseas to find a spot for him overseas? Because he seems to want to play overseas. I can't see anyone wanting to take him okay. overseas right now anyway. And we'll talk about one of the other strikers, Salgado, later on in the show because yeah. we're going to do our quick news and notes. But before we get to that, let's just look ahead very quickly to Friday's game against Seattle. Crucial playoff points on the line and the Cascadia Cup. Whoever wins that game is going to take home the Cascadia well, Cup. Well, the Whitecaps need to win, I think, right? Yeah, Portland just, or Seattle just needs need a draw. draw. Yeah, exactly. I personally, to me, that's the, the least important part of this game. It's getting at least a point out yeah. of this game. Ideally, three. It, it's a very tough way to balance it because you really want to win that second straight Cascadia Cup. And I mean, it would be lovely. It, it would be, be lovely because you, you get the fifth cup. You'd be the first one, and everybody else got three, so you basically got a two two cup gap and everything. I think it'd be nice to win it, but in the grand I, scheme of things, I, it's, it's gonna be hard for them because that Portland loss, that three nothing loss to Portland, that hurt them big time, and they needed a draw out of that game in order to do that. But what what would be fantastic though is winning the cup in Seattle, and then the players celebrating in front of the traveling support. It would be nice with a bunch of pissed off Sounders fans. Yeah. Because they they haven't been able to haven't. even last year they didn't get to celebrate because the game came to the Portland yeah uh, the supporters got to celebrate that were down there in Portland but it came to this Portland Seattle game so it'd be nice for that to happen. I'm heading down so it it should be a good game. Look, really looking forward to it. I hate the Friday night. I know it's a Thanksgiving long weekend, all that kind of stuff. Some foot will be off, but it's really going to impact. Just some fans won't be able to make it down. Yeah. And the fans that might be able to get away early, you're still not going to make it because the traffic's going to be horrendous. So I'm not a big fan of a Friday night game like this. You essentially have to leave Friday morning in order to get there. That, that's our plan. Time. We might even head down the Thursday night and that's just kind of make a day of it. How do you think it will go? Do you think they'll get anything from it? I personally don't think so. I think this is a game where Seattle's going to win, and I think they want to win the Cascadia Cup, and they want to. Obviously, they're battling LA for that top spot as well, which they want to get as well. So I think Seattle has a lot to play for. I think it's going to be tough for the Whitecaps. I'd like to see them get in a draw. I think it's going to be two 0 to Seattle. If we can get anything from that, I'll be more than happy. So just before we wrap up this episode, let's have a, a quick 
news and notes section. This we haven't done a podcast for a while. It's just been hard to get us us both together. Um, so let's just cover some of the things that's happened in just the last couple of weeks. So the biggest story I think I think we can discuss first of all, and, and something that happened most recently was me winning oh, the back to back media games. Yeah, you were the only. You, I think you were the only person that's ever won back. I am. I'm the only defending champion. I'm thinking of adding two stars to the AFTN logo. I think it's only right. Surprisingly, I was one of the last people picked, but the only back to back winner. Yeah, it hurts. Um, hurts me right now. I have to say <laughs> after my crashing tackle that sent me flying through the air and onto the turf. So also, but, I should I just no no no. Have to go on. I should have got a penalty, and hard journalist should be ashamed of herself for not awarding me that penalty. I batted down a Nathan Vanstone clearance. He tried to foul me at the edge of the box. Brushed him aside because he's only small. It's easy to brush aside. Bore down and goal. Goalkeeper comes out for Perry's team. I jump over him, chip the ball over him. He catches my studs. I go flying through the air. No penalty because Har says I jumped over him. Terrible. This is why women should not be allowed to be referees. Okay. And getting back to actual Whitecaps news that yeah, we're so talking what, about. What did you think was the main news story? <laughs> so it was, it was a, uh, it just came actually came out yesterday. Um, Omar Salgado being loaned out to Tigre um, and Liga MX uh, on a, I think it was a loan or something like that. Was it twelve days? He's on trial. He's on trial. He's on trial there. Um, Tell you, he should have been on trial here for some of the tackles that he's done. (laughs) So, so what do you think about that? I think it's you know it's it's a good thing that they got rid of him. They, it's clear that he was not fitting in, and maybe he didn't even want to be here by the by the sounds of it. What do you what do you think about? His departure. I was at training the day that he did his horror tackle on, on Mitch Perot. And I missed it because I'd gone to the toilet, which is like perfect timing. I think he probably waited till I went. Um, but then I came back and everyone's like, you're not going to believe what just happened. Mitch Perot, your teammate, and he's left with stud marks up his calf. You don't do that to a teammate. It's bad enough doing that in a game because you're going to likely get sent off for it. If that tackle had been in a game... Apparently would have been a red card. Now a multiple game suspension too. Yeah, the thing is, there's no other word to describe him. He's been an absolute idiot here. Robo gave him a chance. Robo gave him a second chance. Robo gave him a third chance. He kept blowing them, and at the end of it, Robo's like, "Okay, I've, I'm short of strikers. I need you here. I just can't have you doing this." He dissed Robo down. Well, like, let's start pre-season. There was two incidents when they were playing in Arizona where he didn't shake Robo's hand, stormed off because one of the games he was taken off early and another game he didn't play and his parents had come to watch him or his dad and brother or, or something like that. No, the like game that. his parents were there, he got taken off early. He did play in that game. But there was a couple of incidents down there. Then I was at, tr- at training in Portland pre-season and he basically had a set two with coach Gordon Forrest and then Robo chastised him in front of the whole group and told him... The whole group, that wasn't acceptable and no player would do that. He's then sent to Charleston to try and A, A, get fit, but yeah, B, smarten up and like get some brains. Gets brought back when Kenny Miller gets let go. There's his chance. Kind of bides his time, keeps his head down, doesn't do anything ridiculous. We should also mention before that he had a bust up with Kakuta Mane in a a pre-season game as well. 
So then at training, he also had a bust up with Jordan Harvey after he was brought back from Charleston. And Jordan Harvey is one of the nicest guys there. He hardly has bust ups with his opponents. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was also a bit of a, a, an exchange of words with Pedro Morales at one training session. And then he does this with Mitch Perot. And in between all that, there was a game that he did play and then he gets taken off and snubs Robo and doesn't give him a handshake. Yeah. All those things on their own, maybe not a big deal. Put them all together, ship this guy out of town. I'm glad to see the back of him. And the thing is, the, the thing about him is, too, is, is, it's going to sound like we're piling on him, but it's about time that he gets piled on. He deserves it. Um, two, in the last two years, he hasn't. The reason why nobody's heard anything of any kind of dust up or anything like that, because he's been hurt for the last two years. Yeah, he hasn't and been the, able to. And the thing is, he gets hurt at the US national team, the under 23s or whatever, or the under 20s. And then essentially, his people are blaming the Whitecaps for his injuries, which is hilarious that, the, that they're even doing this. And then in his first season, like we're talking about the thing with Mitch Perot. The first season, there was actually a, a, a fight he had with a, te- a teammate. Um, Derek Bassey. And then essentially th- that ended his uh, contract as well with the Whitecaps, Derek Bassey's, uh, which, you know, it, th- I'm not saying it ended his career or anything like that because. Bassey's got his own issues with stuff, so reason why he didn't make it into into the league or into the sport. But essentially, this guy had it coming for a long time. I'm going to mention one thing. There was one moment in 2011 game where at the end of a game, I can't remember who the game was, but Terry Dunfield was going at Omar Salgado. And everybody was going after Terry Dunfield afterwards, saying, why are you yelling at him? Leave him alone. He's just a kid and everything like that. The thing is, if they had done more of that in that first year, I don't think we were at this, in this position. He was treated with kid gloves that whole entire first year, and that's why Omar Salgado is the way he is right now. He needed to have some tough love early in his career in order for him to become a proper professional soccer player. That... Is absolutely fantastic, Steve. That hits the nail on the head. That's where it's all gone wrong. And I think the problem is he came in at 17. Everyone had told him how good he was. Yeah. He's never had criticism. No. And then when things go wrong, he he, he can't handle it. Like the res- he thinks he's better than he is. Like the residency players that come in to uh, get signed, like Adekube, Alderson before that, Tiber, they, they There's times where they go back to residency. They don't mope when they go back to residency. They actually help out the players. You talk to the other younger players that play practice with them. They go, these guys come back and they help us and they show us what we need to do in order to and make it. And that's what the club want. They yeah. want to see how they respond when they do that. Like even today before the game, I was here earlier and Caleb Clark is, uh, the. they were had pre-residency training bef- well before the, the actual players took the pitch. And Caleb Clark was out there. He was doing a little bit of light training as well. But he spent some time talking to those pre-residency players and talking to them about his time you know, in Germany, probably. I didn't listen to the whole conversation. I wasn't even in listening distance. I just saw the, the discussion. And that's the kind of thing that you want with these young, uh, older, younger veterans talking to these presidency guys and, and showing a good example of whether... And Omar Salgado is not that type of player. He's got talent galore. I'm not disputing any lack of talent he has. He he's could play well as a striker. He could play good as on the wing. But he's a head case, and it's about time the Whitecaps got rid of him. The, the other thing with him as well is he always seems to target the younger guys. Like he targeted Bassey, targeted Perot, he had the bust up with Manny. Anyone that he feels threatened by seems to be the guy that he, he then goes for in training. 
Kendall, I mean, you talk about Terry Dunfield. Kendall Waston wanted to rip his head off when he did the tackle on parole. And a number of players told him to get off the pitch. They just didn't want him anywhere on the pitch after that. And he was ostracised. And even at the end of that session, when they had the group thing, he didn't know whether to go to it or not, so he just chose not to. But for me, another thing with Omar, and yeah, this is us piling on, but this has been building up for a while, and we've tried to support him, and I've, wanted I've tried to support to, I, I've tried, I kept quiet about this. We, yeah. we both kept quiet. We've heard of this stuff a long time, and it's about time we got We haven't gone on a rant for yeah. it, but it's like, he's gone now. He's never coming back. It's like, no matter whether it works at Tigris or not, he's not coming back to Vancouver. But, training on Thursday... I was hanging about because I wanted to speak to Adam Mena. Watch for that interview next week on AFTN. And there is, at one end of the field, you've got Mena and Fernandez practising free kicks over and over and over. The other end of the pitch, you've got Jackson Farmer, Mitch Perot, Marco Bustos, Sam Adekugbe, Kian's Froze. And they're just practising for a good half hour, maybe even more, after all the, the other players had gone back to the locker room, they're practicing their crossing, their heading, their finishing, they were taking penalties. Marco Carducci was there as well, doing goalkeeping stuff with them. They put in that extra work. And it wasn't just that day. You see that all the time. We've talked about this before. Yeah. We talked about it last season with Bryce and, and Fiske. These guys put in this extra work after mm-hmm. training's finished. And I've not I'm not at every single training session. But I can say, honestly, hand on heart, I don't remember seeing Omar Salgado doing that at any time. Yeah, we like we said, we didn't see him for the two years previous, but this year we have seen him and we, we didn't like we saw. Now, let's get off Omar for yeah, now. Let's, let's move on to something else. So, um, update, back, to, back to the media match. Up, up, <laughs> update on the USL Pro. Um, obviously, New West is not going to happen. That's clear. And they're morons for, for that case. Uh, no matter whether they get the right information or not, it doesn't make a difference. They were stupid for not doing that. Well, let's see how much money they get out of these amateur you know, softball players. But there are other options for the Whitecaps. Um, Surrey is one. Coquitlam is another. Uh, but well, Poco is, Poco is the big one, right? Yep. Uh, Poco Coquitlam is apparently the front runner, and they are one of the people that are offering to build a facility for the Whitecaps, yeah. so, so we're led to believe. And I think that's massive. Yeah. And I think it would be worth having the Whitecaps at Swan Guard or Percy Perry or somewhere else for one, maybe even two years, if you can then, at the end of it, have a custom-built facility with a grass pitch just built for your needs, obviously community use as well. Yeah. But I think that's worth holding out for. I think and so too. safer than Surrey because you don't have to have a bulletproof vest. Yes. And I don't have to pay a toll to go over the bridge. That makes sense. I mean, to me, that's the, the biggest thing. And the the one thing about the... I, I think I don't think Percy Perry is an option because it's just not... Because you get yeah, too many... They can't get the seats in. Yeah, I think Swan Guard might be the only one right now. I don't now. like the running track either. Um, either at Swan Guard or at Percy Perry, but long term, no. Short term is fine. Um, so that's that's USL Pro. Another thing, uh, Russell Tybert, uh, he had a good game today, like we said, but he is still on the outs with the Canadian national team. Yeah, seems strange. Seems to have definitely burned his bridges with floral. Oh, at least for for maybe it's a like you were talking about earlier. Maybe it's just gonna be a one year where he's not allowed to, not gonna get any call ups. But maybe they'll do something after that. But, but, it's but still there's never been anything official. Yeah. Uh, what we'd heard, 
Um, and it's from Kurt Larson, basically. He's the only one that's really mentioned well, it. Well, he's the only one that's mentioned it publicly, but I, I have had lots of conversations in private with people, and basically, Floro thought that he had a kind of Billy Big Boots attitude at yeah. one of the camps, and he didn't like that. And If that's all it is, then that's pathetic, because well, don't, well, don't you want your players to have a little confidence? I guess it depends whether he spoke back to him or oh. whatever. I have heard that Tiber and even the Whitecaps have held out... Olive branches. That's the word I was looking for. I yeah. knew it was some kind of branch. Couldn't remember what it was. It's an olive branch. They've held out some olive branch to try and build some bridges between the two. And at the moment, Floor is just not interested. Yeah. Hey, I say it's his loss. And I've and said this before. I really could not care less if the Whitecaps have internationals playing for them, Canadian or otherwise. Yeah. If, with a stupid MLS schedule, you're going to lose these guys for crucial games, like Darren Maddox for the Seattle game. Hey, don't have these internationals. What's the thing? Me. Is, the thing is, they can't afford to. Canada can't afford to have hold grudges against good, like decent players. They got to get these younger players in. Um, even another guy who's up for rookie of the year and played today, uh, Akindeli, Tisho Akindeli, he, he's not called up. Um, hard, he's on the radar. I don't hard, know how much more he needs to be on the radar. Hard journalists actually talked to him and asked him, "Who is he going to represent internationally?" He goes, "I don't know," because he hasn't probably got a call yet. Was that today? Today, yes. Oh, good scoop there so, for Har. So um, it's unbelievable that, that that hasn't happened. But uh, going on to the maybe some future players that are going to play for the national team, the residency that has gone to, on to a, a perf, almost oh. per, almost near perfect start. Um, uh, the U16s had one draw, um, U18 and, and four wins. U18s have had four, five wins out of the five. Um, uh, basically, the first. I think Vancouver is ranked first in the nation right now. Yeah, the under-18s are number one seeds in the playoffs. This is before this weekend's game. The, the obviously, very, aren't playing this very early too, obviously. Um, it's been like them and New York Red Bulls, who yeah. have had a really good youth system for the last couple of years. Yeah. Very, very impressed with, with what they've done there. But as of right now, the under-18s are seeded first in the playoffs, and the 16s, I think, was 10th. Yeah. Um, we t- I, I tweeted it out after the uh, Portland game, and we were thinking about it even. I, I watched the uh, the last home game they had against um, San Diego. Um, Bustos is just dominating. Froze is even playing really well, too. He's He's gone from a striker to holding mid now. Are these guys... Do you think the Whitecaps are good to send them off to a training stint? Not on loan, but a training stint in the Europe somewhere uh, with a team, maybe a Dutch team or a, a team in England or something like that in order to get maybe the Whitecaps more, I don't know, play in, 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 in the world there about them developing talent? I, I think definitely. And I think it works works on a couple of levels for the Whitecaps. One, it gets them out there to be developed. Also, it gets them kind of put in the shop window. Now, obviously, we want to see these guys playing for the Whitecaps. But if they can go on a training stint... Like, last year, Bryce went to QPR. Even a training stint will be helpful. Yeah, Yeah. He went to QPR and pressed. I think he played a few reserve games. So, I mean, we've heard on the grapevine that Marco and Kians might be be heading over to England. Could be one of of the big premiership clubs that they train at. And the thing is, like, say say it was, I don't know, an Arsenal or a Spurs or a Liverpool or an Everton. Southampton, even. Southampton develops players really well. But he could, one of these players could go there and then the coach sees them and they're like, hey, you know, we like this kid. Would you be interested in selling him? And then the Whitecaps have an option of selling him, giving them the rights, 
maybe getting a lone player back in, in return for a whole season. No, you don't want anything that's just a couple of months. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but There's options there, essentially. Yeah, and the Whitecaps do have to sell some of these guys at some yeah. time to get money. Then the money they get from that can be plowed back into the programme. Or MLS. If they're signed to an MLS contract yeah. like Bustos and Froze, it gets you some fantastic allocation money there. Yeah. And it's like, what you need to do is then get one of these guys sold because then what you're going to find throughout Canada not even just in our catchment area you're going to have mums and dads saying hey I want my kid to go and play for the Whitecaps residency because they get them to go and train with the premiership and clubs get, they get them a contract they get them all this they get them that that's what you want and I think that's what we're going to see the thing is is a lot of uh, a lot of people are mentioning that the Whitecaps don't have anybody on the national team but you look at it Marcus but look, but look at the players that they have trained and, and developed and now are playing in Europe and now are on the national team. Adam Straith, Marcus Haber, those two guys are playing for the national yeah. team. Even Caleb Clark played for the national team even though he, he was on loan in Germany. Daniel Stanesi, who who never signed a contract with the Whitecaps, uh, I don't know why, but he, he's one of the best center backs out there that we developed. He's playing in Germany. So there are players that they're, they're sent oh, out there. Totally. And ben Fisk is really doing well in, in in third division and the thing is it's Canada's loss and all these idiots out east they can go on about oh White Cubs hate Canada all that nonsense but it's Canada's loss and if you look at a squad that Canada's put out you've got a college kid playing yeah I know Laren's like gonna expect to go first in the draft all that kind of stuff and then you've got all these players that are unattached you really want to pick those instead of players that are actually at a club just now it's ridiculous if that's what the CSA want to do, they really need to give them a heads a shake. And if they think that Canadian soccer is going to develop and compete by doing nonsense like that and ignoring players like Tiber and Akindeli, players that are doing it at the highest level in North America, then it's like they don't deserve any support. No, they don't. Excellent. So I think that wraps it up for us at BC Place today. So let's just tell everyone, Steve, where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and writing for Canadian Soccer News with AFTN. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all my stuff online, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. Also, I'm the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for MLS Soccer, so watch my stuff on MLSSoccer.com. So, it's not long now until the next Whitecaps game, Friday, Cascadian Derby. It's going to set up Thanksgiving very well. I'd like to give thanks to a Whitecaps victory. I'm sure you all would as well. So let's hope we see that. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care as always. Safe journey if you're going down to Seattle. And more the Caps. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Ten minutes left. Yeah, but that-